Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Coming up on today's edition of Preds Power Hour with on the Vortex Brian Bastin. Uh, a lot of Pred stuff. We kept uh, UC Soros and his season review uh, up to this week because Jeff and I hit it on a couple guys last week that you can check out here on this very feed but uh we had to save uc sorrows for for the uc sorrows super fan brian baston of on the forecheck on the forecheck.com go subscribe and become a member today on the forecheck.com new home same great content make sure you're locked in there for all of your great off-season national predators coverage and also uh this uh milwaukee admirals playoff run speaking of the admirals we also touch on uh their playoff run here uh we tape this uh as we do every single saturday at around noon so uh we'll see what happened uh tonight um with uh game five um here with uh the admirals but um you you already know because it is sunday when this is going live so we'll see what happens there we talk about uh if there might be a different head coach um coaching the preds next year and who that might be even with percentage chance and then some nhl hot takes as a whole speaking of like the boston bruins going down round one what could that possibly mean uh for the regular season and hockey and how teams approach it with one of the best all-time regular seasons uh not really mattering because the team got ousted in uh embarrassing really difficult uh fashion um to the florida panthers so all that and more coming up on today's edition of preds power hour here on the chase the most podcast as always make sure that you are locked in on uh, apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts uh like subscribe all that good stuff if you are watching on youtube or uh any of the sort um it would be extremely helpful as we continue growing out uh that youtube page because we're very close to a thousand subscribers youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast you just google chase thomas podcast you'll find it like and subscribe and get us ever so closer to that 1000 mark that'd be great uh, you can email us if you have any Preds questions for next week's show at uh, podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd be more than happy to answer any Preds questions that you 
might have. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at PodChaseThomas for the official account, myself at Chase double underscore Thomas, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer, Instagram, TikTok, Chase Thomas Podcast as well, and follow Brian at Brian Baston on Twitter and the good folks over there at on the forecheck at on the and on Twitter. All right, there you go. Preds Power. It's time. Let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back. Preds Power Hour here on a Saturday early morning. I don't know what noon qualifies as. Is that still morning? Is that afternoon? I don't know what noon When I was in college, it was early morning. That's very true, but we're both in our 30s because Jeff's not (laughs) here and he could chime in and say that is his early morning, but the two old men on this very program would say that it's very much not the early morning for us anymore. Yeah, Jeff was a busy man last night. He was out there going to see uh, Young Gravy, so... Uh, Okay. Should I pretend that I know who Young Gravy is or should I just be open about not not knowing anything? Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, um, no, he's just a, a cur- big curly-headed white dude who has okay. like the best voice I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Um, Rapper? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's hard. I mean, I'm guessing you don't use TikTok at all. Uh, I So I don't use TikTok, but I post uh, clips every day on TikTok, and then I, I mean, hop out of the app. So I just go on, and then I hop out. It's a very quick process. Yeah, it's not a bad one, uh, mm-hmm. even for us old folks. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where he got real big. Um, his whole thing is, ironically for Jeff, his whole thing is, is he's got, he's a guy who, who has an affinity for, for moms. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, so, mm. uh, yeah, he's been, he was out there and he was busy. He was uh, doing his thing, living a social life, things like that. So for me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see a concert. I've got it like planned like a m- couple months ahead, you know, Are having you, to arrange you, You're not going to Taylor Swift tonight in Nashville, correct? Oh, well, yeah, no, uh, no, I got the hell out of downtown last night. Okay. Because I know yesterday they were, she had a show yesterday too. Oh, I didn't know it was, but so she's doing like a double night type deal. Uh, I think, I think so. I guess because it's hometown and they want to break it up and they're just going to sell out both nights. Yeah, yeah. They're at Nissan stadium too. So it's, it's yeah. And like I was, go, I really wanted to go see uh, at Bridgestone was Janet Jackson and Ludacris, which she was just in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. They both, I think they all were in, I think Taylor Swift was also just in yeah. Atlanta too. So uh, yeah, but I went to work yesterday downtown and I saw at least 100, 120 groups of women just walking around, like wearing their Taylor Swift stuff and their big rhinestone cowgirl hats and all of that. And usually that's just normal for Nashville, but mm-hmm. it was uh, like, I walked in and our, my boss was like, everybody's leaving the building at one, like no, no choice. Like everybody's getting out of here because none of us need to be stuck down here for that. So <laughs> the Swifties are, uh, they even closed our parking garage. I had to buzz in to have them open the gate because apparently last time something like this happened they had people pounding on the doors and trying to get in and like like uh like the walking dead is what the valet at the parking thing said he said it was like the walking dead just swifties everywhere trying to get in places they're not supposed to be so that's what it looked like at marta uh last weekend in atlanta for that i don't know if you saw that of uh the good marta folks uh sitting down and then they see like they're coming up to the stop and it's just walls and walls of um, high school, college age, and <laughs> mid twenty girls just standing, waiting to flood, flood the the the, the Marta station. Is there a Marta equivalent in Nashville? I don't know. I mean, they have a bus, but it's not. I don't. It's not I'm underground. Ne- no, no, no. Okay. 
No, so you guys, no, no. It's kind of, yeah, it's public travel. transportation in Nashville is a uh, disaster. So tonight should be crazy then, like because all these people are trying to get Uber. Oh my goodness, it uh, it sounds like a disaster. It it really really does. And, um, I and love yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, so you have that combination. Goodness gracious, Nashville mm. must have just been an absolute war zone last big, night. Big big holiday for uh, for for uh, white folks, I think yesterday. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I, everybody kept saying like we're getting out of here early because so, of because of the Taylor Swift concert. But like, four of the people in the office were going home early by going to Mexican restaurants. Yeah. So, I'm not. Uh, I haven't received any text messages to see how any of that went. But I'm pretty sure I've got some coworkers who are down and out for the count right now. So. I could see that. Yeah. Well, speaking of down and out for the count, the Nashville Predators. Uh, <laughs> Because their season's over, Brian Baston of On the Forecheck. And go subscribe to On the... Uh, don't subscribe. Go to onthefortcheck.com. Hit that bookmark button like I do. Add it you to your... You can subscribe. You got to subscribe to You can subscribe to it. It didn't sound right when I was saying that. But yeah, subscribe to. Yeah. And do all that good stuff. Because it's a great new site. Looks good. And uh, there's still great content over there. And a lot of other good NHL uh, SB Nation sites are now on, the, on that platform. So mm-hmm. go subscribe and all that good stuff all across... Um, those different pages. So, uh, Brian, UC yeah. Soros, Jeff and I, we saved this for you. It didn't feel right for us to talk about UC Soros without Brian Baston on last <laughs> week's Preds Power Hour. So, player review series continues on here, season review series. And UC Soros, your guy, your mixed mm-hmm. emotions guy, because his replacement just right there, you love Askarov, you love Soros. Eventually, that will come to a head. Not mm-hmm. at this moment. Not now. Br- now. Not right now. What uh, what did you make of the 2022-2023 UC Soros season for Nashville? You ever seen Varsity Blues, Chase? I have. Yeah, I figured I figured I was going to ask that question, and then Jeff would look at us blankly. Jeff would have no idea what we're talking about. Now. Um, I'd like to use a quote from that on how mm. I would how I'd rate his season one through ten. Mm. Ten. <laughs> just just ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna save some of the words in that for for another time. But mm-hmm. it's ten. And if you know if you've seen the movie, you know what scene that's from. And so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go into more details. But absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, UC Soros put in uh, 64 games this season, which was tied for the lead with Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just it really is incredible. You know that he put in that much, especially with with Kevin Lincoln and putting in a pretty decent performance. They they rode UC Soros as hard as they could and. Thankfully, he made it through the whole season, you know, without any injuries. So, I mean, I can't, there's very little that I can sit there and say that UC Soros should have improved on. I mean, he had maybe the worst Nashville defense in the last five to six years in front of him. Mm -hmm. Um, As the season went on, he lost goal support just it seemed like every week, you know, he was losing a, a, a former 20, 30, 40 goal scorer. I mean, by the end of the season, we all saw what the roster looked like, and he was still putting up. I mean, again, there was like, what, three games left before they were finally technically eliminated from the playoffs. So with everything that happened this season, it's pretty incredible that, you know, they got to where they were. You know, this should have probably been a season where they finished, you know, sixth in the Central or something. But they, they pulled it out, and a lot of that, I say a lot of it, Almost all of it had to do with UC Saros. Um, you know, if you look at places um, like, you know, Evolving Wild for their advanced analytics, led the entire league in goals saved above expected, which I think is the best, one of the better metrics for goalies. It's just basically looking at the quality of shots that they face. Um, and, you know, how many of those, how many goals did they save based on the quality of shots? So you can look at a guy like Linus Olmark, where, 
you know, he had a fantastic season, and he's one of those guys that if he wins the the Vesna Trophy for best goaltending, I'd understand, especially, you know, he was playing for Boston. Boston went on this historic season run before they, um, before they choked. Uh, you know, you got guys like him. But I think, you know, UC Saros had done really just a ton. I think Olmark is a guy that could very well win, but I think he, if you compare it to him and Ilya Sorokin, who mm. I think is another, probably a little bit more worthy of a of a winner than than um, Linus Olmark. Mm. Uh, the the quality of shots that that Olmark or not Olmark, but Sorokin and Saros faced was nothing like Boston. Which credit to Boston, that's not really against Olmark because he can't control that his team was good in front of him until the playoffs. Um, and so you know, it's you look at him. He led in. He had he saved fifty one point four goals above expected, which is insane because he faced almost nineteen hundred shots this season. Um, oh, actually, no, that was Sorokin. Sorry, Soros faced twenty one hundred shots this season in, in in two more games. So you know, I think that from what Soros faced, that's one of the big things in his favor. Um, there was no. Uh, there was no better penalty killing goaltender in in the league than there was with UC Saros, and as we know, Nashville has a little bit of a penalty problem. Um, but as the season went on, you know the penalty kill was awful. But as the season went on, he really bounced back, and it's not like he the job got easier for him. Mm. Um, he he really had to face a lot. You know, you're losing guys like Matthias Ekholm, one of the better you know penalty killers. You're losing guys like Tanner Janot, who was an excellent penalty killer. Um, Roman Yossi after a while, which, you know, he doesn't do a ton of penalty killing, but by the time it hit the end of the season, he was doing some. Um, but he you know, lost all that. So you're sitting here with basically the Milwaukee Admirals in front of you for the most part. And, and like it didn't even matter to Saros. And yeah, mm-hmm. he had some games giving up four or five goals towards the end there, but <laughs> I can't blame him for that. I mean, again, if you had Pee-wee, if you had Pee-wee hockey in front of you, you're going to let some in too, I think. So... Um, yeah, I can't, I mean, I think I said before the season that I could, I guaranteed that Saros would be a top, you know, a finalist, which I don't think they've announced the Vezina finalists yet. And I will be flipping cars and setting things, couches on fire if not, but, um, Who do you think it is though? Your non-Saros fan guess? Um, I would say it's going to be Sorkin and Olmark for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any argue. I think because this is one of the few postseason votes that the GMs vote on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could see them calling, uh, you know, Vasilevsky, which he was a top five, or Hellebuck, another top five mm. goaltender. I mean, not they're not awful choices. You know, if Soros got left out, it's not like there were these guys that went in that were undeserving. But, you know, compare some guys to, to you know, UC Soros, everybody's undeserving, to be, to be quite <laughs> honest. So, um, but, you know, I, I, could see, I could see it. I also think that maybe the GM thing might work in their favor because the mm. GMs are like, Oh, you know, this is David Poyle's last hurrah. This is the only player that got nominated for anything or probably will get nominated for anything. So that might do it. But I think that, you know, I can say that there is a very, very strong argument for UC Soros. I think the mm. biggest thing against him, and because it's GM's voting, is, is wins. Uh, yeah. I think he only had two shutouts the whole season. I was there for both of them, oddly enough. Um, which one of them was with my kids, so I figured that maybe that's my fault for not bringing my mm. kids to more games because that's he gets you know he sh- we, they shut off the hurricanes really late in the season with mm. with my girls in in the audience. That's so when you went like, as a fan, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. I went as a fan. It was nice. I forget that I was allowed to cheer. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's I won't be surprised if he is doesn't win. I mm. will be very surprised if he's not nominated as a finalist as a top mm. three. 
Um, but I mean, you know, you look at, at what he's done and, you know, his save percentage about 91.8%, which is fine, which is good. I mean, you look at the guys around him, Sorkin is at 92.4, Omar is at 93.7. So yeah, he's got the least amount, but again, like he, his expected save percentage was something around, um, was something around like 90 or 89.2, I think is what it was. And so... Mm. You know that's two 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 percentage points ahead, uh, you know, above expected. So he was facing just a onslaught. I mean, again, we talk about John Gibson all the time, but he had a very John Gibson season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just, that's not a space any Preds fan wants to be in. If no, we're thinking about the, any of the last Duck season, the last five to seven years, like that's not where you want to be. Yeah, especially not in 2017, man. That's <sighs> that would be rough. And when the Predators showed up for the Western Conference Finals and the arenas were half empty at, at puck drop, you know. But traffic, I guess, in California is pretty rough. I'm sorry, I'm I'm reliving old beefs because I haven't we haven't been close to that level of success again. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, like it's also weird. They're kind of I don't I think it's like 40 minutes outside of LA. It's in it's not technically close. I don't know. It's one of those where they call it LA and it's not it's really LA. Cause Anaheim, you have Los Angeles, right? An- Angels of Anaheim, and it's like it's not really An- Anaheim and LA are kind of kind of distant. And it's, I'll give you tell you a secret. I always yeah. thought that growing up that they they the team was at Disneyland. Disneyland yeah. because you know. Also, but, just go back to the Mighty Ducks. Like I understand. Like I just to better branding the best one of the best logos in hockey history. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, or just really do if you can't go back. Their logo stinks. Like their color scheme <laughs> is not good. Their logo stinks. Like. The team stinks. The team stinks. Just all kinds of uh, s. But they have good fans. Like there's a lot of good podcasts. Like Forever Mighty. Uh, I think the Puck Podcast guys. They at least one of them is a Ducks guy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good hockey folks over there. Yeah. Cover and watch look at you, the Ducks. You knowing about Forever Mighty, my boys over there. So yeah, no, good. they're good. They're good. Um, so there you go. Um, I'll say this as we put a bow on UC Saros season. Of uh, the goalies that you mentioned, what do they? do better than you see that you see can work on and get better at to reach that to that point uh in his prime here in nashville i'm gonna be completely honest and it sounds like a joke answer but not but just have a better team in front of him mm. <laughs> i mean his his rebound control i mean because one of his things with when he was playing backing up pecorino and they split games about 60 40 was that pecorino was always very good at controlling rebounds and saros mm. had an issue with that um, i think last season with saros starting he had actually had a better season with controlling rebounds than Pekka had ever had in the last, like, five or six years. Hmm. So he's gotten that much better. It got a little bit worse this season, but again, you know, considering what he was having to face, I don't blame him at all. Hmm. Uh, But, I mean, it's just... I mean, I can't... If I'm looking at him from a technical standpoint, his footwork is... I mean, maybe the he's the most technically sound goaltender in the NHL. I can... I will, you know, put my foot down and say that. I mean, there's a Hmm. guy who is... You know, short king because it's short king spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he and people. It's the only thing ESPN commentators talk about because they don't know anything else about the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he's technically sound. His his lateral movement is is insane. Um, he is maybe again like if you're if you're a guy like Askarov, especially like Askarov, where you've got a ton of raw talent, but you've got to refine it down. There's not a better role model uh, I think to watch because Saros is not that guy that's sprawling out. He's making those acrobatic, you know, like insane saves. Uh, you don't see him coming out of the crease, you know, too far and getting a long shot past him. Mm. Um, I mean, to really be honest, I can. That's really all I can. The only thing I can think of about him needing to improve, I'd like to see him play slightly less games next year, so he doesn't get injured. Um, that would know, be nice. 
Yeah, yeah, and maybe the maybe the playoff hunt would have ended a little bit earlier if he'd been injured, but also it's... this might be that might be a good thing though for you. If you're able to like the games that he's out and it's just Askarov, like that's just like the perfect world for you where he yeah. just gets those spot starts. Well, and and I don't think I don't think we're going to see Askarov too much next season either cuz mm. I think like Lincoln got extended that year, yeah. so and that's fine. That's good. The longer they take with Askarov, the happier I am personally, just because goaltenders are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just voodoo. No clue what goes into them, why they do what they do. They're all very, very weird. Uh, it's like the closers bro- of hockey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my brother told me he's a youth hockey coach, and he told me he says when they have like the kids show up, to, you know, for like learn to play hockey or something like that, they're like they know within five minutes which kid's going to be a goaltender because they just pick the weirdest one, and it always works out. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to be to want like puck, like to be to welcome pucks, f- just great like just coming at you with unbelievable velocity Mm -hmm. over and over and over again and you're not really moving you don't get to move around and have fun and speed around the ice like everybody else does it's it's a different kind of personality altogether to want to do that it's it was it's it's, a lot of gear so much gear it's so expensive Mm -hmm. so you know and it's just one of those so i mean I honestly cannot say there's something he needs to he needs to improve on because mm. he had a, as good of he had I think he had a better season than Pekka did when Pekka won the Vesno. Hmm. But um, like you said, better team. Yes, obviously. So that matters. It, it does matter a whole lot, you know, because the Boston people are like, "Oh, we won the Jennings Trophy," which I think may be one of the dumbest postseason awards in any sport. Which mm-hmm. is just literally it goes to the two goaltenders with the most wins combined. Mm-hmm. So just give it to the president's trophy winner, and that's that's it. That's what you do. That's that's there's your answer. Um, it's dumb award. Um, just like they don't bring out the Langway as a major award, which is a, a reward for best defensive defenseman, which Matthias Ekholm would have won like four times, I think, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't say anything bad. UC Saros is an incredible, you know, incredible dude. He still looks like a teenager to me when he takes his pads <laughs> off. It's it's, but he's got that mustache, which people love to hate on, but. Mm. I think it looks great, you know. Nobody, not many people know the struggle. Um, Kiefer Sherwood, <laughs> so he now he's back in Milwaukee. Um, mm. Somebody asked him up there in Milwaukee if he's he's you know if he's growing a playoff beard. And the man again, being a half Japanese person like myself, he looked at them and just like I'm trying my absolute best. Which he's in his 20s, so sorry, Kiefer, you got about 10 more years before you can reliably grow a beard. <laughs> so that's you know, crazy, like. I, I, people think I'm joking, but I'm like, I'm getting, I get a little bit more every time I shave. Like yeah. I'm going to have a full beard at like 45, but it's a little bit more like I thought I'd be done. Like I thought I was just only going to have like a goatee possibility, but every time I shave, it's just a little bit more. And I'm like, and it's actually kind of annoying. Like I now have spots where I'm having to like, Oh, I just have random hair. Like it's just, I'm a, I I always kind of wanted the option. Yeah. But then as you get into it, as you know, like the, it's another thing to keep up with. Like it's not uh it's another thing to keep up with every day. Yeah, and you know, and you got see, I've been I've been told I'm not allowed to shave my beard anymore. Um, mm. But you don't have to worry about this. Maybe not yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, excellent for hiding the whole double chin situation too. Mm. So yeah, there you go. A- or giving you a jawline, which helps in my case as well. But yeah, UC Soros, fantastic season. I would say A plus because again, I can't sit and point at a thing. You know, shutouts. I, I can't blame him for having two. That's not. Mm. No, that's not on him. I mean, he stole. I would say he stole at least 15, 16 games this season as far as just like based on what he faced, what the Preds did. I mean, he was excellent in those like two goal games where it was just like two to one or two to zero, Mm -hmm. things like that. 
if the you know if, if Nashville could get a little bit of a lead for him, he was shutting it down every single time. I mean, I'm trying to think of uh, I can't remember the closer's name because it's been like two decades since I played fantasy ba- uh, baseball, but I always used to pick uh, Gagne, right? Oh, Eric Gagne. Yeah, I used to always pick, take him like in the second round of fantasy baseball drafts just because it's always nice not have to worry about getting a save. I used uh, Brian Wilson was my dude, the, the, the Giants, Beach Boy. Uh, Giants guy. Um, God, yeah, fantasy baseball was the king. I was talking to a buddy about that uh, a few weeks ago where I was like, fantasy baseball was king, but it was only king when you were younger because you had the time to like keep up with it every day. Like that's not even negotiable for me in my yeah. adult life to keep up with that every day. No, but it, there's so much game of, I mean, there was so much strategy in fantasy baseball. Fantasy football, you just set your lineups and you're good to go. Fantasy baseball, you had to like, okay, let me move this guy. Oh, they're starting this week. Like there was a lot more daily strategy and it was a lot more fun. Like that was the chess of fantasy ba- of fantasy sports and checkers has always been fantasy yeah, football. My whole move was just get Albert Pujols and you'll be fine. Yeah. Again, thinking about how For a long time long that was a good idea. Was. It was a very good idea. Um, I have a take for you cuz you wanted to do we should do each of we each have a hot take here that mm-hmm. you wanted us to prepare. Yeah, on the NHL season. I have one for you. Oh, let's hear it. So, you mentioned the Boston Bruins, right? Mhm. Here's the thing about the Boston Bruins, and this was something we saw down the stretch here last year, or this year. Yeah. You're seeing it in other sports a little bit. The worst thing that could have happened to the NHL regular season was the Boston Bruins getting bounced in round one of the NHL playoffs. Uh Uh-huh. I am very, very curious to see if there are any dramatic changes to how teams, especially good teams across the NHL, value the nhl regular season going forward where you have this all-time great year Mm -hmm. down the stretch you were wondering who should sit like maybe and then there was a lot of uproar where it's like boston starting to sit some dudes boston starting to be a little bit careful and boston's already and then they still lose in the first round upset by the panthers Mm -hmm. all-time great team like we're regular season team like just one of the most talented teams like ever like even the panthers were just like we don't know how we did that like that was yeah. one of those you listen to the players and the coaches after like I, we still don't really understand how this this happened this way mm-hmm. my take is i think you're gonna see fans start to get upset because i think you're gonna see more teams devalue just pouring it on and being an elite elite regular season team and i i think the bruins are going to be the poster child for this now well, and so that's interesting because, you know, you think back to a couple a couple of different seasons. Uh, first, you know, you look at the year that the, the Predators won the President's Trophy. And, mm. you know, that was one where it wasn't decided until pretty late in the season. Boston was just so good that we knew probably at 75 percent through the through the season, like it's almost it was almost impossible for them to not to win it, mm. you know. And so it, it was a lot different than, say, like when Tampa a few years back came in with an amazing season and got bounced in the first round. Um, you know, it was a little bit different th- than that. But I can I can understand what you're what you're you know, your point on that one. It's just that, you know, you see these guys teams where they've got guys who are injured. And so they they find a way to kind of stash them on IR until mm-hmm. the playoffs start and. You know, a lot of people hate that. I think if it's, you know, if you're not technically breaking the rules, then why not use it, right? Um, and teams but, are just not going to care about these regular season trophies or having the best record. They're just like, you get the right matchup, like, who cares? Like, I'd rather just, because that's all we're going to care, the fans are going to care about at the end anyway. Like, Bruins fans aren't going to care that you had this um, iconic, unbelievable uh, season. Like, they're, like, you lost to the Panthers in round one. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's and that's that's what's rough. I mean, it was a great series. I mean, if you got yeah. to see any of it, fantastic hockey to watch. And you know, Florida, I was you know, I they I wasn't sure they were going to make the playoffs because they mm. were one of those teams that kind of retooled a little bit and. Um, you know, Bobrovsky, sorry, uh, <laughs> turn in your badge and gun, Bobrovsky. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of those where, like, you could see it happening. It, it, was, it was less of a surprise, I think. Not, you know, looking at the records aside, it was less of a surprise than when Columbus did it to Tampa a few years back. Hmm. Um, but that's also, again, like, again, I look fondly back on that series because I always appreciate what Columbus did that season and just absolutely loading up for the playoffs for one year and then falling apart the next like you teams say they go for it but like that's the only example i can think of a team truly going for it it didn't work but you know they beat they beat the lightning that first in that first round so you know um but yeah it's a good point i can see that it just i think it just depends on how it does like another team that has a season like boston where they're so far ahead for the entire season Mm. i think maybe they'll start kind of you know maybe resting some guys but I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of hockey people also say that like resting them too long makes them rusty, and then they come yeah. into the playoff series. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, just because this is the second time this has happened in a few years. Yeah, um, I remember <laughs> the, the time I saw the final the final game in that playoff series with the Li- Tampa Bay Lightning. I was with with my kid at uh, Chuck E. Cheese, and I'd mm. asked them to turn a TV. So um, yeah, it's been a little bit a little bit of time. I think it was before the littlest one was even born, maybe. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can see. Look, what hot take do I want to use today? Um, and Jeff's not here for this one, unfortunately, because mm. uh, I knew he'd do it. Um, my hot take is: I don't think there are a lot of good coaching candidates out there right now, hmm. and I don't know if the team has a plan for Carl Taylor or not. But if there, if, if Carl Taylor is not an option, which I think is a decent option for him, and looking at the coaching, there's not. Wait, who any, are we talking about right now? I'm talking about with John Hines. So okay, I, think, I was going to say you I didn't think. Clear, okay, yeah, yeah, my bad. But I think my, I think the Preds' best course of action mm. right now is to just let him finish the contract hmm. because there's not somebody out there. I again like. I think I would prefer to have a different coach, but I don't think there's a coach out there that would be an upgrade because mm. the NHL is so incestuous when it comes to hiring coaches. They just you know? love retreads. Yeah, the coaching tree. The coaching tree in the NHL is a wreath. You know, just <laughs> that's all it is. And uh, <laughs> it, you know, I, I like I, I I was a big fan of hiring uh, Drug Gallant a mm. few years back before he got picked up. Um, I've always liked. I would. I will say I am surprised with um, Dallas's coach with uh, Peter DeBoer because I thought mm. he was awful with San Jose, and I thought he'd continue to be awful with the Stars. But uh, Jason Robertson and, Cl- and company had other ideas. But I don't see a guy outside of Carl Taylor or somebody from overseas that would be a massive upgrade that when you like as a team in the position that they'll be next year with rebuilding, they've got all these draft picks, the new GM. I don't think you want to bring that coach in because next year's going to be a big evaluation year, kind of like this year was. You know, you're going to see who these young guys are putting up, starting them the season in the NHL and seeing how well they do. You know, doesn't that make sense for Carl Taylor then? It does absolutely, mm. but I don't know if that will happen or not. You know, and and they if it's going to happen, they should probably start working on that now, just mm. because he's going to be in high demand, and it'll be a big failure for Trotz, I think, if. They don't hire Carl Taylor, which that itself isn't a bad thing. 
But if he goes somewhere else, I think that yeah. would be a, bi- a big issue. Um, but when is a Nashville product gone, gone somewhere else and it backfired for Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. You can't, I'm sure that you can't look at almost every single <laughs> NHL team in the playoffs right now that has a Predator that's that's out there bawling. You know, mm. Matias Ekholm with the Oilers, Ellie Tolvanen with Seattle. I mean, the list goes on. Nick Cousins in Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, Freddie Gaudreau and, and, and Ryan Hartman in Minnesota before they got bounced out. I mean, I always, you know, it's, I've always been kind of known for being a huge fan of Freddie Gaudreau, but it was because he was, he was the guy who was an AHL guy who came in. You know, the team was so injured in the finals that mm. he came in and was great, and he played for a couple more years. But, I mean, he's been, he spent like half the season in Minnesota on, like, mm. in the top six. So maybe I wasn't wrong. Uh, so, but I mean, you, you got lots of guys. But Carl Taylor's a guy that you know he came from over from. He was an assistant coach with Dallas beforehand, mm. and uh, you know I think that he is a guy that can be. It's going to be tough. You don't have any head coaching experience, but again, that sort of thing doesn't matter. It's kind of more about who you know. Um, it's also, just the expectations don't matter, and he's having this great run with Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and it like you said, it, next year's an evaluation year. Like every Preds fan knows that next year is not about winning the cup no they, they understand so it, it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see i think that i can't think of a coach that someone would say hey the preds went out and hired this guy that would be make preds fans happier than carl mm-hmm. taylor and for honestly you know there's nobody unless like a playoff team fires their coach after they lose i don't see a guy out there that's worth worth it i mean you'd just be better off sticking with heinz because then you're not you know trying to get a new system put in for these players or whatever. So I, I just think, and that hot take, I, I, I do apologize because that hot take was perfectly uh, tailored for, no pun intended, by the way, mm. tailored for, for Jeff being here so I could see him writhe uncomfortably in his chair and try not to yell. Um, I think he but, would be uncomfortable just talking about the Sutton firing in a certain column uh, <laughs> about why Sutton was actually fired. And uh, <laughs> folks, let me tell you, Brian, this is like maybe uh, we can wrap with the Admirals playoff run here, but um, I don't know if you're like this, but like people who get riled up by stuff like that cracks me up because I'm like, this is such a de- deranged sports columnist column that just don't exist anymore. Like yeah. so many of those columns have just disappeared from uh, just uh, like just newspapers and mm-hmm. just sports in general because that's just getting phased out. When I come across those. It delights me where I go through it. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, I don't yeah, get oh, these yeah. anymore. It's like, play the hits, play the old <laughs> column hits where I'm like, this is terrible, but it's great. I, oh. I love those. It's five uh, minutes of my day. It cracks me up. There are, there are still some of those out. What in a hockey. take. <laughs> so, so some of those still out in hockey and I do yeah. enjoy them when I see him. The problem is, is that it's not like a guy where like you've talked to him or you've, you know, worked with him or something. Mm. And you're like, you know, he's, he's pretty knowledgeable about his sport, but this is kind of his whole hot take. We have the, hockey still has those guys who just shouldn't be covering hockey or yeah. maybe even talking to the public period um, <laughs> and still somehow have a job. I'm, sp- I'm yeah. talking about I'm uh, subtweeting is not the words. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm being very Sub-potting. vague about. Yeah, I'm, I'm being very vague about two, one or two certain reporters um, yeah. that are just garbage. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, go ahead and search on YouTube. Um, Nathan McKinnon postgame bad question because. <laughs> That'll that'll lead you in the right direction to who I'm mm. talking about. Um, which if you haven't Chase, please, my God, I you have to watch I, it. I'm gonna. It's hilarious. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I you do I do kind of miss that. But the problem is with hockey too is that those types of opinions are usually limited to columns like, you know, people shouldn't be putting their 
their values on these players and they that's shouldn't a different have kind to. of thing yeah that's yes. what that's you a saw. totally different kind of column like those suck and yeah. <laughs> those being punted from the ethos is just completely fine great. by me but when it's just like a straight up like actually the team didn't work as hard because he was it, like they didn't like that he was mean to them and you're like what a column oh i love this take. Oh, where is it I going wish- where you're like that it's was like the my- problem yeah. It's like my favorite take, which is mm. that Roman Yossi is not a good captain because he's not on the out on the ice yelling at them. Yes. That's my favorite. And that's yes. that's a <laughs> I want to <laughs> say that's a hot take, but that's not a hot take because it's yeah. held by a lot of people. Yeah. And it's like you look at Roman Yossi, one of the best players in the NHL, top ten, you know, players in the NHL right now, and they're like, he's not a good captain because he doesn't yell like Mike yeah. Fisher did. I'm like, Mike Fisher was fine, but he wasn't that great. Like he wasn't mm. a good player. Let's let's be honest. Like he he hadn't been a player by the time he came back for a second stint with Nashville, he hadn't been good in some time. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think the Preds wanted to secure Carey to uh to do the anthem during the playoffs that year. Um Carrie but yeah, would. there you go. Yeah. Don't write like uh, dog shit columns like what we're talking about. Um, uh, whether it's yeah, xenophobic, Jeff. transphobic, anything like that. Uh, that kind of stuff can get punted from the ethos. But yeah. if you want to write a column where you're 700 words and like, actually, this player's not a leader because I just I haven't seen it from him. He doesn't seem like he grimaces enough uh, mm-hmm. mid game. That's a column I want to read because that's hilarious. That's yeah. a good column. And speaking of columns that were really good and kind of mm. out there was um, The Athletic. They just talked to uh, Snoop Dogg, oddly yes. enough, about buying the Ottawa Senators. And my God, it was so good to hear him say something that, like, everybody else has been saying for years, but hockey folks can't get in there. Like, Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL. Why isn't he on commercials everywhere? And I get that. Part of the reason maybe is because Connor McDavid has the, the personality of a single baked potato rotating <laughs> in a microwave. Which is fine. That's what the NHL does to people. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I just thought that was great. That was one of those where you get that outsider in there mm. and they're just like, what are you guys doing? And we're all like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like a gr- one of my I mean, honestly, I've been a football guy my entire life. Hockey's the, maybe my favorite sport in the entire world now. And it's just like you wouldn't know it. I mean, mm-hmm. like I kind of got I kind of stumbled upon watching hockey and realized how great it was because they don't market. It. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean. I pay for three different streaming services and I still couldn't, I had to go and find like a VPN and a site to like stream certain games because the NHL makes it so hard. AHL, my phone, I've got every AHL playoff game that I can access with home or away broadcast feeds, just a single click. And if the AHL does it better than the NHL, y'all have got, they've got a problem. So point that out. But speaking of AHL and we've got, I know we've got a few bit times. We got time for this one. We got, okay, we're going to do a, can you do a two-minute Admirals? Yes. Beat? All right, let's do a two-minute Admirals playoff update. Brian. Yes, so Admirals, uh, great. they had a great season. They finished um, and it went into the best of five series with home ice advantage. So they picked, which I think is kind of cool, um, they got to pick that they started the first two games in Manitoba. They won mm. that first one 6-2. I thought things looked great. The next two games, one in Manitoba, one in Milwaukee. They lost both in overtime, and so... Came into a game last night, uh, down 2-1 in a five-game series, so it was elimination time, and it'd be a huge disappointment if Milwaukee won, but they did come back. They uh, and opened up with like a 4-1 to one, uh, lead going into the third. Manitoba decided to make it 4-3 to three before they finally put one away. Um, but So the series is tied 2-2, two to two, Manitoba and Milwaukee. The final game of the series is in Milwaukee tonight at 6 p.m., uh, I believe Central, 7 p.m., your time, Chase. Mm. And I do want to highlight... Um, some of these guys that have come out there, Askarov has been fine. He actually only, uh, you know, he only had to face 19 shots last night, which is which is good. But 
two of the guys I think who have made a huge, huge difference for the Milwaukee Admirals are my two, two of my favorite players, uh, Kiefer Sherwood and Luke Evangelista. And, mm. uh, you know, these are guys that when I went to morning practice a couple times after they had been in Nashville, they stayed after, after everybody else was on the ice, just passing, you know, like taking slap shots, doing all that type of stuff. And you can see, I think, I think on all four of Luke Evangelista's goals in the postseason so far, Kiefer Sherwood has assisted on all of them. Um, and so these guys, they had a connection in Nashville. They have a connection in Milwaukee. Um, this is a massive, massive game tonight. Make sure you're watching it. Uh, AHL TV is great. You can get really cheap deals for watching just the playoffs or single game day access. So get it in on that. Um, you get to see Askarov. Jordan Gross actually, you know, has had a, another guy who spent some time in Nashville. A, another great one. But... You know, it's just been a little bit rough. They've had slow starts. Um, you know, Manitoba has scored really early in a lot of these games. So it'll be a huge game. The crowd will be insane. Make sure you're watching that because I don't want the Admirals to be done. I'd like to keep watching these playoffs, and I think they have what it takes. But uh, we're going to see that. So make sure you're watching the ads. Love them. You can get a good look at your future head coach, hopefully, and uh, go out there and go Admirals. There you go. Two- we'll end on this. Ten seconds percentage that uh carl taylor is the coach of the preds next year right now may 6th percentage uh, point 65 percent. oh i thought you were gonna go under 50 no i'm gonna i'm gonna say because again i just don't see anybody else out there that would be worth a damn but again i've said that before and look what happened so there you go uh, as long as it's not we have one person that's unacceptable to be a I head think, coach I, feel again, like I know who this is and that would be peter laviolette so I, yeah <laughs> And I would also say that if it's not Carl Taylor, it's probably Peter Laviolette. Let me tell you, if it's Peter Laviolette, that means that every coach... It's a wreath, Brian. Yeah, I'd be like, well, I was going to say, like, all of Nashville's coaches would have been, like, worked in the organization again. You know, Trotz, Laviolette, Hines. That's it. <laughs> so... Well, we would have a Daryl Ravel type uh, podcast with you and Jeff, where it would just be, <laughs> I feel terrible uh, for our country, but this is but tremendous, tremendous content. content. Yeah. yeah, that's what it would be with that <laughs> kind of hire. It'd be great. Yeah. It's great content. Uh, well, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at OnTheForeCheck.com uh, this week, Brian? Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty a lot, but I will be in Las Vegas next week. So I, I've got a conference for work. I am doing my absolute best to see if I can't sneak into a Vegas playoff game. I get okay. the feeling I probably won't. I um, think you could. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. I Never say die, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to be in Vegas for a week mm-hmm. uh, by myself, which you would think like 10 years ago, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's get going. It's gonna a be week sounds go- like a long time in Vegas. A well, week in I mean, Vegas sounds long. It, it is, but I'm not paying for any of it, so I can yeah. handle that. And it, I'm doing that as working. I'm not taking yeah. time off because I'm there for work, which is... So, there you go. Yeah, um, but there'll be there should be some good stuff. I will be. I'm going to try to record videos for Renegades of Puck while I am in Vegas. There you uh, go. We will see. No promises. Hopefully, I still have videos to record, depending on how tonight goes. So by the time mm-hmm. y'all are listening to this, you know this whole me talking about Milwaukee may be null and void. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, ch- make sure you check that out. I'm sure Jeff will have something. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a slow time. We're getting ready to kind of re re jump start the. Uh, the site as far as you know getting our paid pay, our paid tier set up mm. things like that um we're that's where we're kind of hoping to provide things like um my actual footage from post game when i'm mm-hmm. recording you know post game media letting that you letting 
uh, the readers get that, um, doing some like individual streams, you know, having a stream where people can come on to a questions and ask questions, use it as a podcast. But uh, so things like that. So look out for that. We'll have more information throughout the summer since the season's over. And then by the time I get back, it's going to be time fully to start preparing for the draft. And we'll, and I'm sure that we'll have quite a few talks about about the draft as we end into it as they come. They descend on Music City, which will be slightly less insane than Taylor Swift being here. So there you go. Slightly less. Brian Baston, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you next week. See you next Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.